Entrepreneur, potato, potato. It's ski. Yes, sir. A lot of good stuff down there. He validates, but he has arms like your mother. Friends. <laughs> 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 all right. So, all right, well, since we're already on the subject, sure. um, like, literally like six hours before I was doing a, a rewatch of this episode, uh, my wife had commented about how scrawny and skinny my arms are. <laughs> and then like... <laughs> She a happened to be, harsh. yeah, like, and then she happened to be walking through the the room as that moment came on there. Oh, how, talk about oh it was, un- yeah, it yeah. was unrelated. Yeah, no, it was just completely, you know, just an unrelated thing. She looked at her calendar and was like, "Oh, I need to tell that scrawny bastard this." <laughs> Were you walking with your head a little too high? <laughs> she thought she needed to bring you back down a bit. Yeah, exactly. So. He's like, oh, honey, I just want to let you know, mm-hmm. your arms are real scrawny today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> is she jealous of how many books you read this year so far? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Exactly. She's like, I'll put that poindexter in his place. <laughs> <laughs> You're very prolific. That's like your your wife's version of rubbing your face in the sand or whatever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or kicking sand in your face, whatever the yeah, phrase yeah. is. But. Whatever happened to poor Charles' ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, today we're going to be going over Season 7, Episode 12, From Here yes. to the Pharmacy. Are you excited about that, Brent? I'm excited that we're calling it Episode 12. I don't yeah. care what that damn internet says. It's, it, it's really annoying me. Yeah. Well, because Hulu knows what's up. Like, yeah. they call it by the correct mm-hmm. number of the episode. Yeah, they yeah. should go by the number that mm-hmm. is in syndication. Mm-hmm. Um, not correct. the number that, not as many episodes as originally aired, because mm-hmm. earlier in the series, too, there were episodes that aired on the same mm-hmm. day, but they still number yeah. them separately on IMDb mm-hmm. and other yep. sources. I know. But for some reason this season, I know. Um, it, it's, it's very annoying. Mm-hmm. But Testify. Anyways. But Brent, uh, we'll be doing our recap today. Uh, yes. Ski, Ski and I will, of course, be chiming in with our favorite lines mm-hmm. as we go about. And, yep. and then at the end, we'll talk about our MVPs for the episode and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Did you guys have anything to add? Um, I, I do have a couple listener interactions, but did you have anything before I get into that? So what we were talking about earlier, is that going to be at the end of the episode? Yes, yeah. So if I do a callback to it, it's not going to make any sense? No, but it would make sense <laughs> once they hear it later on. Yeah, I'll just... I'll keep my prepared marks the way I have them. Okay. <laughs> I was redrafting in my head because I was ah. like, oh, I'll tie it all back. And <laughs> but no, I'll keep it as is. <laughs> okay, well, it would more than likely end up at the end anyway. Gotcha. I'll just say that much. So. All right. Um, well, I did have a couple listener interactions on. Yeah. Um, here's a couple. So one place that people can make comments on, but I have not frequently checked, at least recently, mm-hmm. is on Podbean. Okay. So if you're a listener on there and you yeah. um, I don't know, subscribe to it or whatever mm-hmm. on that, then you can make comments there. 
Go ahead. Can I can I interject something? Yeah, Just, of course. You said Podbean, and it reminded me of something slightly humorous. Mm-hmm. Um, so my youngest is eight, and she went to her first like sleepover type party thing last night. Oh, okay. Um, she went through the night. She did. She did. Um, so she has a. Um, it's not a cell phone or whatever, but she has a watch that she can communicate with me and Helena on. You know, and. You know, it's, it's where, a spy spyware, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's a spy equipment. Yeah, yeah. Like I think it has um it has like four pre programmed phases as well as emoji. Mm-hmm. Oh, know? and does it have the thing where you can pull out the like the ticker um, tape? No. Well not the ticker tape. I'm talking about oh, like, like a, speak and say? No. Are you talking about like a piano wire that she can choke yes, out her friends? Exactly. With? <laughs> yes, exactly. Spyware. Yeah. I mean, that's... So she can like hit a little thing and it's like, um, please pick me up or oh, I okay. love you or I'm okay. And I forget what the fourth one is, you know, yeah. or she can send emojis, you know. So, like, we'll, we'll get a message from her. It's like, you know, can you please pick me up? And then, you know, cow, chicken, burrito, you know, whatever emoji mm-hmm. she's pressing trying to communicate. Yeah. So, so anyways, like, we made sure she had her watch with her and everything. And, you know, my wife was sort of laying it on thick. And she was like, you know, you can, if you need us to pick you up because you're scared or you just don't feel safe, you know, do that. And she's like, um... What if I feel safe, but I just don't like their bean dip? <laughs> She's like, then just don't eat their bean dip. <laughs> but I thought that was really funny. That's where yeah. her mind went. That, right. You know, and she doesn't even eat freaking bean dip at home. Like I don't right. know. <laughs> just a good remark. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's going to cover all the bases. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Uh, well, not bean dip related, but yeah. pod bean related. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had a couple comments actually about a month ago, oh, nice. uh, and they were both from uh, Sherry, your so, wife. Yeah, yep. Exactly. Oh, nice. Okay. So, uh, and she has been giving me a hard time about like, oh, you haven't mentioned my comments. Solidly oh, <laughs> negative, though, right? <laughs> no, no, of course not. <laughs> were they um, positive towards they were, me? They're uh, not necessarily towards you, mm-hmm. uh, but I'll tell you what they are, and you okay. can make your own judgment. Okay. So, <laughs> at the very least, I get a third of the credit for whatever it is. Well, the, the first part is definitely related to you, okay? Um, because it's related Ooh. to a story you told. Oh, nice. She just said she's laughing so hard about the hot air balloon letters oh. that uh, <laughs> apparently I'm not hot air balloon, but I think you did send up letters via mm-hmm. balloon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're helium balloon. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And she said if we ever go in on a hot air balloon, that she'll uh, have to bring a letter along. Mm-hmm. Maybe she'll write one to keep on her person just in case. Yeah. Just to rain down on people. Right. Well, just in case the hot air balloon ride happens to break out, she wants uh-huh. to be prepared. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, I carry one with me at all times. Mm-hmm. It's basically like, you know, if you find my body, I chose to die here. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Please do not disturb me. <laughs> Let my all spark go where it goes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen? So have you seen? There's a new Transformers movie coming out. Yeah, no. Oh, okay. There is a new one coming out, mm-hmm. and I, I've watched the first couple of the mm-hmm. modern ones. Yeah, yeah, they were fine. Yeah. Um, but I, I haven't watched any of the one, the others that have gotten. I think the Poshaya. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Consistently gotten worse and worse reviews. I believe, mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter. You know, yeah. popcorn movies. It'd be fine. I'll probably yeah. maybe I'll see it at some point. Yeah. But this one, they have uh, Transformers that transform into animals. Uh-huh. Um, and there's a gorilla uh-huh. who is 
I guess, you know, supposed to be, I don't know if he's supposed to have come before mm-hmm. Optimus Prime mm-hmm. or what. Um, so Optimus Prime is descended from apes? I, perhaps. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know the entire story, but I do know the name of this gorilla is Optimal Primus. Nice. <laughs> so, yes. uh, who does the voice of this one? I don't know. I'm not sure. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine that could be some problematic voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, no matter how you go. Yeah. Yeah. You know that one came from a, an actual cartoon, right? Yeah, I mean, I think most of them did. I didn't think it was exclusive to the movie, mm-hmm. um, but it was a character that I was not well, aware my, of. I, I actually remember Brian and uh, Becky watched it quite a bit. It was like on a Sunday morning, mm. so it was an odd time for mm-hmm. cartoons, but like we would watch it sometimes before church. Instead and, of uh, Davy and Goliath. Say what? Instead of Davy and Goliath. <laughs> yep, instead of... <laughs> oh, Optimus. <laughs> but my understanding was that it was just like an alternate universe and the gorilla was the same person as Optimus Prime. Oh, okay. Well, these two both really? appear to be so in this upcoming movie. So there's a multiverse where semi was a monkey? Kind of, yeah. And I think I said the name wrong, because um, I think I said Optimal, but it's just Optimus Primal. Yeah. Optimus Primal. I think I reversed those yeah, two. I did yeah, a little yeah. dyslexic. Uh, yeah. You know, I always liked those uh, Primal He-Man figures they did a few years back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that those look sharp. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I don't know what those are. I'll have to look it up. It's like, like He-Man was already kind of caveman-ish, mm-hmm. but it's just a little, like a step further. Yeah. Something. A little more Cro-Magnon He-Man. Gotcha, so. gotcha. Little Red Sonya. Was, T- <laughs> was Tila like a little more uh, mannish as well? Like broad forehead and whatnot? <laughs> <laughs> just the way you like them. <laughs> um, well, anyway, Sherry had left another comment mm-hmm. as well saying uh, maybe Ski uh, could have something put together for when Camden is in his uh, high school theater production. Mm. So, yeah, apparently she's already By thinking start ahead. now? Of, uh, yeah, perhaps. <laughs> Doing Thornton Wilds or Altern, Our Town. <laughs> Yeah, you should start building the uh, the sets now and then force them to take on whatever. <laughs> like, listen, I have an entire room. I full. like the idea of just making generic set items uh. <laughs> and just <laughs> customizing them yeah. at the time of like, sir, how is this going to work? Give me two, three hours. I'll, I'll customize it. As Camden, is, is he speaking? Uh, he does have quite a few words he says. Gotcha. Um, not, he's, he's speaking in very s- simple sentences at this point. We're like a few words stringed together. Mm-hmm. Uh, today he said one of the clearest words I've ever heard him say, though, bubble, oh, like okay. several times, which is kind of a, I thought a little bit a harder word, but mm-hmm. he said it clear as a bell. How would you react if he was uh, using cuss words appropriately towards you? I would be pretty impressed. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you think there'd be a point, though, where, like, if you took something away from him and he's just like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Like, would you correct? I'm them? sure. I'm sure I wouldn't let that slide too far. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do though? I can't imagine you whipping him for oh, it or anything. Slap right across the face. <laughs> right. This little two-year-old face. Mm-hmm. So. Would Nicole smack him upside the head? No, nah, we might. So when Alexis was really little, she had a uh, tendency to mouth back. She uh-huh. would use cuss words or anything, yeah. but like she'd say no quite a bit. And Nicole came up with a little, little flick in the cheek. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't hurt her, but it, like just kind of catch her off guard. And that put and her on she, the right path. I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> you know, it didn't lead her down the wrong path, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think so. it's better than beating your child, I yeah. suppose. Yeah, Ski and Nicole took more of an approach of like, will humiliate our child, not uh, mm-hmm. physically harm her. Which gotcha. I, I definitely would say that that's the better option <laughs> of the two. Yeah, I, I know there was three things in particular that I remember that were Klimazuski, uh Disciplinary tactics. Uh-huh. One was the flick in the cheek, which I think we didn't really draw attention to that either. It wasn't like we we're trying to humiliate her per se. Yeah, but. 
Uh, one mm-hmm. is that they would make her sit at a different table at a restaurant. I'm sure she was acting up. Mm-hmm. We only did that once. Oh, that was just happened to be with us? One time. Well, did we do that with you? Yeah, it was when we were going to Gatlinburg, I think, as a, as a group. Oh, she then, was... we went, then I guess we did it twice. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think we were in a Wendy's, and you made her go sit by herself. <laughs> well, the second time it happened, uh, we were eating, and she was being real bad. So we had her sit by herself where we could see her. She was near us. Someone called the cops on us. Did, oh, really? <laughs> yes. Wow. Did you at least let her take a couple mushroom caps with her when she... <laughs> no, she didn't eat them. <laughs> she, didn't know, she didn't eat no mushrooms. Like, they called the police on you for making her sit at another table, or they called the police because they thought it was an abandoned child? It was other people at the restaurant not knowing what was going on. Okay. So they just saw a child by themselves? and. Well, no, they saw us, and we talked to her. We sat her down. Mm-hmm. We we had her eat before we went, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because she had been horrendously bad that day. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the specifics, but mm-hmm. I just remember we wouldn't do that unless she was being really mm-hmm. yeah, a yeah. butt. And uh, so we had her sit down. Me and Nicole sat elsewhere, uh, like nearby, mm-hmm. and uh, so we could see her easily. And apparently someone thought that we were the worst parents ever, and they mm-hmm. called the cops on us. <laughs> Most people need to mind their own business. You guys aren't doing anything abusive there. I mean, certainly nothing that the cops could get involved with. Yeah, I mean, yeah well, I, I mean, it's it a glorified abusive. version of timeout. Yeah, it's just it timeout was, in public. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It was kind of, yeah. But, like, I mean, they didn't know the details, and they didn't ask, so. Well, mm-hmm. People are assholes. They need to mind their own. Listen, if you're hitting your child, sure. Um, especially if it's severe, um, then, yeah, they should call. But if you're making your child sit at another table <laughs> in a restaurant, yeah, I don't think that the cops should be involved. I think we even got our beverage, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, something she could sip on and had, like, a little... Activity to do a or water something. with no ice. Water, no ice. Yeah, <laughs> and then the hot other... milk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the other one I know about, um, at least off the top of my head, is uh, them making her wear a uniform to her public school, like the same mm. outfit every day. For yeah. how long was it that you had her do that? How do you know? It was a while. It was a pretty good amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, it was something about lying or something of that nature, right? It was. Yeah. I'd have to ask Nicole exactly what the circumstances were. Yeah, yeah, she was really young. But Mm -hmm. uh, um, it basically came down to everything that we tried to do to discipline her. Mm -hmm. Never, nothing ever worked. Yeah, because she was she didn't care what we did Mm -hmm. or what we told her. Yeah, Uh, and so, but what she did care about was opinions of others, right, Mm -hmm. at school and stuff. Mm -hmm. And she really loved picking out her own clothes. Mm -hmm. So one day, Nicole said. You don't get to pick your clothes anymore. Mm-hmm. We're going to go find something. She found nice-looking clothes. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a nice collared shirt, mm-hmm. some, like, brownish pants. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a nice... But, I mean, it wasn't her style. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? She wanted to have, like, the little skirt and mm-hmm. the little, like, cute top or whatever. And yeah, yeah. Uh, these fuzzy like boots she Jake loved. Jake from State Auto. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. It was very much like that. <laughs> but uh, she found her... Like, she bought, like, three or four of those outfits... Mm-hmm. Just made her wear those every day. <laughs> no, it was five, five, because gotcha. she had one for each day. So mm-hmm. she'd never have to wear anything that wasn't definitely clean. clean yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So like I said, I, I've never seen them actually physically harm Alexis. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and now, of course, she's an adult. So if they do it now, it's fine. Because it's just <laughs> yeah. two adults fighting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> But anyways, I do have one other listener interaction to mention before yeah. we kick off your recap, Brent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Jennifer had sent us something. Yeah, uh, about our concert. Oh, it wasn't about that specifically, but it is mentioned. I mean, I guess it kind of is, really. <laughs> she just said, sorry, I've been uh, MIA. I've been preparing for the Mexico City show and didn't realize mm-hmm. I had missed the last three Mondays. Oh, wow. Uh, I've just been getting all my shit together for the show. 
I promise I'll be uh, back to my usual snarky self after April 22nd, <laughs> um, which we're recording this yeah. almost exactly a week prior to that. That's quite the Mexican trip if you black out for three consecutive Mondays. <laughs> right before it even starts, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Got <laughs> yeah, a pregame. That's, that's what that is. That's some Cinco de Mayo level <laughs> nonsense yeah. right there. <laughs> but she said, uh, like Stevie, I'm also wearing women's undergarments under my clothes. Oh, nice. So... Um, I just said, uh, less than a week away, I will definitely be looking forward to seeing the show once uh, she sends us the link, mm -hmm. and that I hope her uh, undergarments can continue to serve her well. Yes. So, mm -hmm. Ditto. Uh, I've got a couple other interactions, but I'll save those for yeah. a got future episode. Exactly. Okay. So, that's well, all that I have. Thank you to everybody uh, who uh, comments. Yeah, definitely. Thank you all. Love yeah. hearing back. I do wonder, I know we've talked about this before, but I wonder if we'll ever get another Apple review. <laughs> or if, we'll, if we should just consider ourselves, hey, we're an almost five-star program. Mm -hmm. We'll never get worse. We'll never get better. Yeah, <laughs> batting a thousand. We are, yeah. we are getting pretty close to the end, mm -hmm. comparatively. So mm -hmm. yeah, And it's been over a year, I think, since the last time someone reviewed us on iTunes. <laughs> so. I'll be curious well, to see if we But it'll be out there one. forever, you think? Yeah. Like yeah. You said, like, the Podbean doesn't strip away the record? I don't know what happens once we're no longer part of Podbean. I'm sure there is a way that you can still get it hosted. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Uh, it'll be out there for a good long while, though, no matter what. Yeah. Oh, that is something, too, that Brent had sent a text message to Ski and I before we got together for recording today, and it had an ex an excerpt from a book. Yeah, I, I read that this morning, and I was like, oh, well, that's apropos. Mm, and it was basically, that I'll just paraphrase, that it was more or less that half of being successful, or most of being successful, actually, is just showing up and doing it over yeah. and over again. I think yeah. it was referring to a musical act. Yeah, Jonathan Richmond. Mm -hmm. Okay, but it applies to any form yeah, of entertainment, exactly. really. And that's something I've always kind of said. I would say not just entertainment. Well, yeah, definitely. Success in any field that you're in, just being there and doing the work every time is going to uh, set you apart from a lot of people. Um but anyways, it's funny because, you know, the trajectory of our show so far, mm -hmm. like season four was our highest mm -hmm. number of, of downloads. In yeah. season five, it took a little bit of a dip. Mm -hmm. Season six it, six, it took a much more significant dip. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But so far, at this point, I think seven episodes have aired in season seven, mm -hmm. and we are at our highest number so oh, far. Yeah. So season yeah. seven is our highest of the bunch. So by the end yeah. of the season, you're saying that we'll be superstars and <laughs> yes, ultra famous so and rich. Just to make uh, sure that you understand, it's a moderate increase over our best mm -hmm. um, yeah. season. Superstars. Wow. I, mean, I guess I am curious as far as like the increase in listenership for season seven, mm -hmm. how much of that is attributed to, um, I think they call themselves uh, Landenberg Hags. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll see how, how it goes exactly. after we've gotten past those episodes. Exactly. <laughs> Brent, what will you do with your mil millions and billions? <laughs> <laughs> Just to be clear, too, like our numbers for season seven so far are about 300 listens total per week. Yeah. Um, and season four at our highest prior was like 275 ish. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, so it's not a huge increase, but yeah. season six was like 180. Nice. So it took a big <laughs> rebound. <Yeah. laughs> Coming um, back strong. Yeah. So it's weird. I hope it maintains, but yeah. regardless, uh, it's been nice to see a steady, steady number of these first third of season. Seven. So, anyways, all right. Well, I got everything that I had to say out of the way, Brent. So please uh, go on with your recap. Cool. Or okay. begin your recap, I should yeah, say. Yeah, exactly. All right. Season seven, episode twelve. From here to the pharmacy. Hmm.
Put a little English on that for you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, this episode was written and directed by people, but if you're any- <laughs> if you're anything like me, you could give a rat's ass. You're just here to find out who the gaffer was, and boy, howdy, did they have an all star this week. Like every other episode in season seven, it was gaffed by Jim Orthel. He made his gaffing debut on episode on an episode of Empty Nest, and based upon that, he was giving the gaffing job for all of the Golden Girls season seven. My working theory is that NBC was so impressed with the season seven gaffing that they greenlit the Golden Palace on the condition that he gaff all 24 episodes of it as well. Did he? That motherfucker did. <laughs> Woo! So, once you've gaffed 48 episodes of the Golden Girls Golden Palace, there's really nothing else to accomplish, and so Jim Orthel retired at the top of his craft. Of course he does. Yep. <laughs> the entire cast and crew of Sophia's Choice thank him for his service. What is gaffing anyway? I know it's sound related, but are you just uh, holding the mic? Like, what are you doing when you're the gaffer? Um, I think it's a combination of, um, like, gas and laughter. Oh, okay. Makes <laughs> sense. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, there's more to it than that, but I'll be damned if I'm going to mansplain gaffing to our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> they are, they, if they don't know, then they're just going to still be insulted by you trying to explain it. <laughs> exactly. Fair enough. So yeah. I have to look it up myself. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this episode debuted on December 7th, uh, 1991. Uh, this was the 50th anniversary of the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor. I saw that. Yep. Uh, so Infamy. For, yeah. And whatnot. Yeah. So for more information on this, check out Chapter 16 of Howard Zinn's book, The People's History of the United States. Uh, this was also the 74th anniversary of the United States declaring war on Austria-Hungary and entering World War I. Uh, for more information on this, refer to Chapter 14. It's the 14. same date, really? Yeah. That's war crazy. is the health of the state. Yep. So, uh, but December 7th wasn't just about war and death, though. Here are five birthdays worth celebrating oh, on okay. December 7th. Don't say Hitler. Don't say Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> you think that's worth celebrating? Well, what might. <laughs> I just don't know what you think. <laughs> you think every day is Hitler's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he have like a crazy birthday? Wasn't he born on like 420? I don't know. <laughs> I think he was. Uh, yeah, I, I think he might be right. I feel like that's a thing that it's like. People who enjoy marijuana point out the you know the pot reference, and then others point out the Hitler reference. Mm. So but. check it out later. We'll right. see. <laughs> right. So in 1910, a singer songwriter and the man who want to be like you, Louis Prima, was born. Okay. Uh, in 1915, uh, Leah Brackett was born. Uh, she wrote the screenplay for my favorite Elliot Gould movie, The Long Goodbye, as well as the first draft of the screenplay for my favorite John Hollis movie, uh, The Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Uh, 1949, uh, Tom Waits was born. Uh, so when it comes to Tom Waits albums, I'm sure most listeners prefer swordfish trombones, but I'm a heart attack and vine kind of guy. Uh, just as a side note, here are my five favorite lines <laughs> from Tom Waits' Wikipedia page. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Waits is a singer dripping with wit and vinegar. <laughs> During his career, Waits has had little chart success and no major commercial success. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> That's almost Waits, insulting. Waits is as important an American artist as anyone the 20th century has produced. Waits was, along with the painter Edward Hopper, one of the two great depictors of American isolation. And during the 1970s, Waits was known as a heavy drinker and a smoker, but avoided any drugs harder than cocaine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you got to draw the line somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> he was practically, a, uh, you know, a saint. <laughs> exactly, he's a teetotaler. Yeah. <laughs> in a dry county. Yeah. 
1966, uh, C. Thomas Howell was born. Oh. Honestly, I could see Ted Knight or Johnny Bench being more noteworthy than old C. Thomas, but I recently rewatched The Outsiders, and I'd wager good monies that Ski's recently rewatched Soul Man, so I went with C. Thomas instead. Stay gold, pony boy. I believe Ski's actually trying to get a, re- a revival funded. Uh-huh. <laughs> like maybe Soul Man on Broadway. <laughs> he, he was wanting us to do a Soul Man podcast. He's like, we'll just take it scene by scene. <laughs> Shade by shade. <laughs> exactly. You know, do you remember Soul Man, Ski? I've never seen it. Oh, have you not? Okay. No. Well, Soul Man is uh, one of the worst movies um, ever made, basically. I don't know. We're, <laughs> I'll just say this. The, the premise of Soul Man is that it's a guy who uh, takes medicine to make himself look black to get scholarships. So that... Really? Yes. That is <laughs> oh, the my God. And it ends up that he takes a scholarship away from... Ray Don Chong. Yeah. His who, wife in real life. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, he takes that scholarship from her, and then he feels bad about it, basically. As he should. <laughs> right. That's the only reason he really feels bad about it, though. It's not mm-hmm. taking a scholarship away from someone in a marginalized community. It's mm-hmm. just this one person who he's attracted to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Questionable morals. Mm-hmm. And then 1956, uh, we had the star of uh, Blue Chips, Space Jam, and Celtic Pride. Uh, Larry Bird was born. Uh, <laughs> beyond being a star of the silver screen, uh, Larry is known <laughs> for being a member of the 1977 All-American team, the 1978 NBC Player of the Year, the 1979 National College Player of the Year, the 1980 NBA Rookie of the Year, the 1981 NBA Champion, a 1982 NBA All-Star, a 1983 NBA All-Star, the 1984 NBA Most Valuable Player, the 1985 NBA Most Valuable Player, the 1986 Associated Press Athlete of the Year and winner of the first of three consecutive NBA three-point contest championships, an induction into the 1987 50 40, 90 Club and a second of three consecutive wins of the NBA three-point contest championship, a second induction into the, 19, uh, the, uh, the 50 40, 90 Club for 1988 and a third consecutive win of the NBA three-point contest championship, the NBA Coach of the Year, the NBA All-Star Game Head Coach, the NBA Executive of the Year, the winner of the Sophia's Choice Athlete of the Century Award. <laughs> <laughs> so let's all take a moment of silence to honor the GOAT. Yeah, unfortunately. Hey, we're having a moment of silence. <laughs> unfortunately, We're having a moment of silence. That moment has passed. <laughs> I gave you your damn moment. <laughs> You didn't say a minute of silence. You didn't say 30 seconds. You said a moment. <laughs> and I and I acquiesced. <laughs> and I just wanted to note that, unfortunately, Sophia's Choice Athletic Panel is comprised of only one member. <laughs> so he, he has maybe some outsized power <laughs> when it comes to our selections. So... <laughs> So one small thing that I want to mention mm-hmm. real quick before yeah. I forget. Um, I was completely wrong on a gaffer. Nothing to do with sound. Okay. Uh, the gaffer is the chief electrician in a motion picture or mm-hmm. television production unit. Okay. So if uh, you really really didn't know, then that's what it is. Informal, it's also an old man. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I apologize for my gaffe. <laughs> In a way, we're all gaffers like that. <laughs> yeah, we're getting there for sure. Yeah. Faster than I'd like to admit. Mm-hmm. Some of us faster than others. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so you ready for some recap action? Yep. All right. Uh, so the episode starts off with uh, Sophia and Rose sitting at the kitchen table while Sophia dictates her will. She claims to be of sound mind and body, 
but I think it would have been even funnier if she'd have said she wanted to be blown to a million billion bits, or maybe even funnier if she had said she wanted to leave her daughter to science. Alas, I guess the Golden Girls writers weren't that clever. <laughs> uh, so we then get uh, Rose's first story of the episode. I assume it takes place back in St. Olaf, but she doesn't specifically say that. Apparently, Charlie got funny in his will, and their cow got everything when Charlie bought the farm. Some shyster mm -hmm. lawyer got involved and milked that cow's inheritance for all it was worth. Rose got the last laugh, though, and had some T-bones with her T-bills. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so Dorothy rolls into the kitchen. But and she didn't get the car, right? I think eventually I had a probate or something. Or the cow didn't get a drive it that much before oh, Rose got it, yeah. back, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Dorothy rolls into the kitchen, and Sophia tells her that uh, she's settling her estate. If Dorothy plays her cards right, she'll be able to inherit the four gold teeth that Sal stole from the funeral parlor. Mm -hmm. If you ask me, those teeth should be split four ways. Uh, Dorothy and her sister Gloria should each get one. The remaining two should be divided between Big Sally and Sophia and Sal's true biological child, Gina. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, Sophia then tells Dorothy uh, that Rose is helping her write an ironclad will. Uh, Dorothy is skeptical about Rose's bona fides, but Rose tells uh, her that she regularly watches La Law. Dorothy tells her that it's L.A. Law, and Rose references Susan Day, or she's known on La Law, Susan Dujour. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. I'm glad you gave a pause. Yeah. <laughs> joke earlier in that run that I thought was worthy of a pause, but yeah. she kept powering right yeah. on through. I was like, he's probably going to bitch about us not laughing at this yeah. in a minute. <laughs> but he didn't even give us a chance. I almost rewrote that to say, or as Gwen refers to her, Susan Dujour. Yeah. <laughs> then I was like, no, it makes no sense now. Yeah, but no, I, I think... Doesn't Dujour mean of the day, though? I... <laughs> It's a stupid joke. It's, it's, probably, <laughs> like, it's probably the stupidest joke I've ever come up with, and I love it so much. I thought it was an excellent joke. I thought Thank it was you. quite good. <laughs> but yes, it means of the day. Very clever. Yeah. Uh, so Blanche joins them in the kitchen. <laughs> so good. Um, I had to take a little break when I was writing that. I was like, I'm going to just bask in my own funny for a moment. <laughs> Let this keyboard cool down for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so uh, Blanche joins them in the kitchen and announces that another soldier is returning from the war and looking to pick up, pick back up where they left off. Uh, Blanche is flustered because she cannot remember his, uh, this soldier's name. I'm not sure what the big deal is. I always got the impression that Blanche's vagina had housed more unknown soldiers than Arlington. <laughs> uh, the doorbell rings and Blanche sends Dorothy to welcome home this returning hero. He asks Dorothy to tell Blanche that Loverboy is home. Turns out Loverboy isn't his Christian name. It's Bill. <laughs> he tells Blanche that he's going to recreate their last date, and she heads out on the town not knowing where the night will take her, but confident and Linda back in her bed. That's where all roads lead. Uh, we transition to Bill and Blanche having a nice dinner in a nice restaurant. Uh, Bill tells Blanche he finds it unbelievable that they were sitting at the same table. Blanche tells them that she'd have been surprised if they'd have sat them at different tables. That was a good line. Yeah. yeah. That, this is the kind of joke that would have made some sense coming from Rose, but not from someone who's only shared a toilet seat with Rose. <laughs> uh, Bill tells Blanche that her memory got him through the ship. He tells her that <laughs> although, he, <laughs> although he carried a torch for her, he also put a log in someone else's fireplace. Uh, Blanche says it's cool. She also warmed herself with the fire of another man's loins. Mm. But that's in the past, and since they're no longer separated from the one they love, they'll no longer be forced to merely love the one they're with. Anything to interject or insert or anything? Oh, I think you did a pretty good job of touching on the different lines that I that I had noticed in that. Mm -hmm. uh, 
trying to think if there was anything really particularly, uh, um, I don't know, that stood out. I mean, I know there was something that, uh, Blanche is something to the effect of, you know, to Dorothy, like, oh, remember he hasn't had sex in over a year, uh-huh. and then she's, this is very fake, but still funny, like, ha, 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 Yeah, so that was funny. Um, and then, of course, there was a couple times where Sophia was justifying Sal's actions, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah. And, yeah, there was the one about the grave robber, and then there was another one where she says, the attic, the arctic, tomato, 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 we had a family to feed. Yeah. I thought that was solid as well. I, I like that it called back the same joke so quickly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. I thought that's what you're going to do, because you introduced him first and said potato, potato, mm. and I thought I was going to get a tomato, tomato uh, in mine. That would have made sense, but the, uh, you know, the attic, the arctic yeah. wouldn't have made sense. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think other than that, uh, you covered everything pretty well. Cool. All right, man. I'll carry on. Uh, oh, go ahead. This isn't uh, exactly, I mean, I guess I could have held this till the end of the episode um, or for t- two weeks. Yeah. But I do think it's ironic that here in a couple weeks we get an episode where Rose forgets someone who is a prior uh, yes. love interest. Mm-hmm. Yes, I thought yeah. that was crazy. <laughs> yeah. I was or like, Anderson. Yeah. Did they like run out of ideas here at the end? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, Some hey, point. what if someone came back into their life and they couldn't remember who it was? <laughs> yeah. Two weeks later, apparently they couldn't remember who it was. Like, imagine how much funnier it would be if Rose did the same thing. Um, Right. That is better. Anyways, but that's all. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that, like, if Rose forgets, then it's like, oh, she's scatterbrained, Mm -hmm. you know? If Blanche forgets, then you just assume she's been too close to the headboard. Yeah. Well, I think with Blanche, you think of it more of, like, it's just because she has been so promiscuous that she just can't keep them all Mm -hmm. straight. And then, of course, you do find out in a couple weeks that Rose, while not promiscuous per se, did you know date yeah. around quite a bit? Yeah. So. Well, you think Rose could check her journal when she yeah. had Charlie listed in? <laughs> right. <laughs> that would have been a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> There's certainly some a uh, path. Well, that well, was Blanche. Well, Blanche, Blanche had, had a journal. Yeah, that's what I meant. Blanche would check the journal. Oh, okay. Because she had Charlie written down. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You know. But it was different Charlie we found. Yeah. So yeah. It was Chuck. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so. Exactly. Anyway. It was uh, you know, Edgar we... Bergen and Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wayward salesman. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> How many of them are? Yeah, you don't really hear of an upright salesman. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Dorothy enters the kitchen and finds Rose working part-time as an unlicensed paralegal. Uh, Sophia joins them, and we discover that, in addition to the four gold teeth, there's also a $35,000 stake. Dorothy is annoyed because uh, when she goes to bed alone at night, she cannot silence the screaming mink she hears in her head. Uh, <laughs> that 35000 would go a long way towards ending those nightmares. Dorothy asks Sophia where she got $35,000. Um, my working theory was that she earned it by breaking 175 legs. Hmm. It turns out that this was uh, from the recently poor Gloria and the always poor Phil. Hmm. Uh, so Blanche returns from her date and starts regaling the Goldens with the tales of the life she plans on building with Bill. Dorothy proceeds to give her a reality check. A moment later, Dorothy is giving Sophia a reality check. She explains that Sophia needs to be using that money. There's no sense in saving for another day because at her age, that next day is less and less likely. I think it's like, these aren't the best years of your life. These are the, the last, last years, years of your life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I love that line. Until Sophia, she doesn't even have fingerprints anymore. Right, yeah. <laughs> So the doorbell rings and it's Bill. Uh, Blanche is upset because although she knew that lover boy was working for the weekend, uh, she didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead, sorry. (laughs) 
I was fond of that one, too. <laughs> um, she didn't know that uh, he was doing it as a pharmacist. Uh, Blanche has dated her fair share of um, the 99%. I'm not exactly sure why she draws the line at pharmacist. Pharmacist is a pretty hard job. Yeah. Well, it's a, a college-educated <clears throat> job. It's a good job. I mean, if you think it's a boring profession, it's still a good job in a general sense. I feel like it's less bad than a zipper salesman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I can only assume that she feels that the success of her suitors validates her, and that's yeah. something Bill can't do. The zipper salesman, though, did have a trophy, <laughs> did he not? I do think it's weird, too. That, I mean, granted, maybe different time or whatever, but uh -huh. uh, what kind of, like, parking garages did you have to go into to go to the pharmacy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After he needed your parking to be validated, that just seemed like... A, a concept that I couldn't even, mm -hmm. you know, relate to a, at all. Maybe it's a pay parking lot. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, I think you're trying to use your HSA to pay for your meter. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> and I would say the bill is choosing not to validate, not that he can't validate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Maybe it's a corporate policy. Yeah, well, I think he's just protecting his bottom line. Mm -hmm. so. Well, we don't know that he owns the building, though. Well, that's true. Especially if he was away for... A long time for war. Uh, war. Yeah, and is able to go right back to work. But uh, so we cut to Sophia bringing Blanche some ice cream, um, half butter pecan and half rocky road. Uh, when you consider the Miami heat and how slowly Sophia walks, I'd be surprised if that pint still featured two distinct flavors. <laughs> uh, by the way, I hadn't figured Blanche as a rocky road kind of gal. The butter pecan made sense, but if I were picking a second flavor, I'd have gone with pralines and dick. <laughs> <laughs> that was a stupid joke. What is that? <laughs> you know what that's from? No, what is that from? It's from Wayne's World. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. Um, Wayne and Garth, when um, they're criticizing... Um, Rob Lowe, mm. uh, Garth's like, if he was an ice cream flavor, he'd be pralines and dick. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a, such a random pull, too. Yeah. <laughs> I love that movie, and I yeah. can't remember that in the slightest. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you included it yeah. in. <laughs> and explained it, thank yeah. you. Uh, so Blanche tells Sophia that uh, she's going to need her to deliver Bill's Dear John letter. Dorothy tells Blanche that uh, she needs to give Bill a chance and to try to get to know him. If there's nothing to the relationship, then she owes him a face-to-face -face dumping. Uh, Blanche explains that she always has a valid reason for kicking her suitors to the curb, up to and including the fact that they occasionally have arms skinnier than Sophia's. <laughs> uh, this leads to a nice revelation about how that sausage and pepper stand wasn't beneath the streetlight. Uh, Blanche decides to head down to Bill's place of employment. It's his first day back after a year, so he's probably not too busy. <laughs> Uh, we cut to Bill giving Blanche and Sophia a guided tour. He gives them a little insight into the pharmacy business, including an interesting tidbit about how people won't bend for laxatives. Seems like you're playing a dangerous game when you force the constipated to bend at the waist. If anything, I would think that people wouldn't bend for um, for the opposite, for uh, what would you call that, like anti-diarrheal, yeah. although that's a harder <laughs> word to say. <laughs> because I feel like if you're bending over, you're not going to worry too much. I guess, like you said, you might already have some stomach... Uh, Discomfort. Yeah. Well, it uh, just seems like you know that's going to break the seal and <laughs> three you know days worth is going to shoot out or something. Well, you don't want to blow close, out. And why are you buying the laxatives if all it takes is a good bend down? <laughs> then I think you haven't been trying hard enough. Lord works in mysterious ways. <laughs> um, 
Sophia asks Bill what's on sale that week. He tells her that it's breast pumps, Afro Sheen, and Preparation H. I bet Cheapskake Miles is annoyed that he'll be paying full price for his King George prophylactics. <laughs> uh, Sophia wanders off to get some Preparation H, and Blanche remembers that she's also there for the inside scoop. She asks Bill for some pharmacy truths, and he tells her that with the laxatives, he spilled all he had. He tells her that it's all pretty routine and that he's no hero. Just then, a lady of color bursts into the store, and Bill springs into action. Considering how many brown people the army asked him to kill, it's the least he could do. Oh, man. <laughs> so uh, Blanche is impressed with how Bill handles the situation, and she realizes that the uniform doesn't make the man. They decide to continue dating in a non-exclusive manner. After all, if Bill didn't catch anything overseas, he's got an immune system strong enough for Blanche. <laughs> Uh, the last <laughs> moment in the pharmacy involves Sophia being apprehended for assaulting a fellow shopper over the last bottle of Preparation H. She was caught red-handed and presumably red-assed. Mm -hmm. uh, we return to the Golden's Palace, and we have a brief scene to let the audience know that Dorothy and Sophia have made up. Uh, Dorothy knows that she likes to control Sophia's life and that if Sophia uses her own money, she'll have a level of independence that Dorothy's not okay with. <laughs> the episode ends with another of those major side jokes the show enjoys. Mm -hmm. That was a little bit of the implication, was it not? She says she likes taking care of her, but mm -hmm. there was a little bit of a like yeah. almost control. Yeah, keep her under her thumb. Yeah, isn't there a little part of you though that like, so all the money that she has saved up is money that you know either Phil or Gloria had sent mm -hmm. to her. Yeah, we know that Gloria's broke. Yeah, um, because of her situation. Yeah. But we have to assume that Big Sally, the widow Sally, yeah, yeah <laughs> is, is probably you know on hard times as well. Mm -hmm. It seems like that the best thing to do would be to send that money back to them yeah, right and there also is kind of the indication of like she just has this you know bunch of checks sitting around that she's never cashed yeah. and i bet you those checks aren't good anymore if she hasn't <laughs> deposited them somewhere well, it's also like i mean i guess the implication is that she's leaving all this money to dorothy right yeah <laughs> you know because she wants at least one of them to feel like they got something exactly <laughs> um yeah i don't know like there's I guess there's definitely a part of me that I think down the road that I hope that we have, you know, something to leave to the kids. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, I know that we won't have enough to leave to them that it's mm -hmm. like they will suddenly be independently wealthy or anything mm -hmm. like that. I mean, it just may be something that makes their lives a little bit easier for a little bit of time. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah. at the same time, like, I totally agree that if they're already struggling financially, having that money to leave down the road is definitely worth less than having, mm -hmm. you know, easing some of those struggles in the present day. Yeah, yeah. So, I, know. I know, Um, you know, I mentioned earlier about that note I carry with me at all times. Mm -hmm. um, part of it says if I have any cash on me, burn it. <laughs> <laughs> so leave your body, let your all spark go where it may, yep. burn the money. Exactly. <laughs> so do you think that legally they would accept that? Uh, not the burning your money part per se, but the your corpse just lying on the side of the road, and you're like, well, it was his last wish. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we can't go against that. It's, it's where the good Lord called him home. So. Right. <laughs> if they're allowed to burn your cash, are they allowed to take any jewelry you have on you? Uh, up to and including the fillings. So it, it, basically, if it's not explicitly mentioned in the note that you have in, on your person at all times, then it's fair game, right? You know, now that you say that, I need to add some stuff about no butt stuff. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be dead. Don't be a prude. Yeah, I'd have to say, if there was ever a time when I wanted to allow butt stuff and be after I died, <laughs> like, like, I don't care at that point, you know, go to town. <laughs> I mean, if my butt can give joy to somebody in my <laughs> passing, then by all means, you know. 
Now, don't do it to a point to where it wrecks. Like, if I have an organ that can help somebody in need, <laughs> then please don't wreck me in <laughs> such a way that, <laughs> that I can no longer donate to science. But <laughs> um, I've asked Gwen before how she would feel if, like, I, you know, you know, I have, like, as an organ donor on my driver's license and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And if uh, my organs got donated to, uh, you know, like a school, for example, for because uh, I'm sure a lot of it get, goes to, mm-hmm. you know, uh, students and whatnot yeah, that yeah. are, are mm-hmm. doing things like that. And uh, that she found out that they were using my brain like they had laminated it or in some way, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but they were using it as a football. <laughs> um, like, <laughs> if that would bother her. And she was like, yeah, it kind of bothered me a little, but I mm-hmm. guess I wouldn't really care. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Like it only really bothered me if they took something that someone else could have used. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, uh, so what? So, <laughs> so like, you sign off the papers, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like, "Yep, use my body or whatever." And then, like, the family just assumes that okay, you know, it it went to a good cause, right? Okay. And then you know, three years later, you know, they're watching, um, you know. Man of Steel 4 or something like that. All right. And they're like, they see your corpse falling out of a building. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it'd be cool if I got a credit. <laughs> so, as long as they, even if it was like, if they put me on IMDb and then put uncredited, yeah. <laughs> you know, so that at least I'd give me my claim to fame. <laughs> I'd like to think that after the Splat entire. number two. <laughs> right, yeah. That after the entire like credit scene, they had a post credit scene. Where your body just hit uh-huh. right at the end, mm-hmm. and then in honor of, yeah. <laughs> in memory of, yeah, I'd be in like the special thanks section with a thousand <laughs> other names just <laughs> scrolling by. Exactly. <laughs> where are we at as far as time goes? Uh, not far, about forty-nine minutes. Okay, I've got another feature then. Oh, go for it. I, yeah. I wasn't sure where we we're going to end up or whatever. Do you want me to do the guest actors first, and then your feature, and then we'll do the other last yeah, thing? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. That's fine. Um, so uh, we had three guest actors in that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had uh, Ed Call. He played the security guard. 87 titles for him. This is his only Golden Girls. Um, I would say that the uh, the thing that I would have recognized him from, I don't know if I recognized him from, but the thing that I'd say he'd be most famous for was as uh, Mr. Lance. I believe it was Lance from uh, the original A Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Or not A Nightmare Before Christmas. A Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> Sorry, the first one of those. Yeah. Uh, he was also an airplane, too. Um, not a whole lot for him, though. Yeah. Then we had a uh, Sergi Simone. She played uh-huh. woman. Two titles for her. This is her only Golden Girls. Um, but I'm sure that uh, Ski remembers her from her 1985 uh, appearance in Appointment with Fear. So. She was better than that. Yeah, that a lot was more in depth really characterization. Solid. Yeah, she actually reprised her role. She also played the role of woman in that. <laughs> so yeah, but you learn a lot more about her. As That's a woman. true. <laughs> and then of course uh, Bruce Kirby. He played Bill. 155 titles for him. A lot of different things he did guest stars in uh, or, you know, relatively uh, short-term um, appearances. Uh, he was in, like, MASH and uh, Malcolm in the Middle, and nine episodes of Columbo, Scrub, Sopranos, mm-hmm. nine episodes of Car, 54, Where Are You? That's a good um, one. He also, which I, it, it's my favorite all-time movie. And what I about remember, MASH in the Middle? MASH in the Middle? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that spinoff, but I'm sure it would have been great. It was a combo um, show. But the uh, the thing I definitely recognize him from, but I am not sure how you say his last name, but I'll do my best. But he was in Stand By Me. I recognize him from that. And that's my favorite all-time movie. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't know this. Uh, did you not? Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but he played, 
do you remember him in that movie? Mm-mm, not at all. Uh, he was uh, like the store clerk when they went and they were buying. Oh, the laxatives or that K K syrup or whatever. Um, no, they were buying. Uh, like when they were about to go on the trip. Oh, uh, getting their hamburger or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Um, but his name was like I don't remember if they said this in the movie or if maybe it's mm-hmm. in the book or whatnot. But it's Mister mm-hmm. Quidasiolu mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. I don't know, but. It's funny because it's like my favorite movie, but uh-huh. and I recognized him immediately yeah. from that. Yeah. But at the same time, I have no fucking idea <laughs> if I'm saying his name the right way. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, so that's our we, guest actors, Brent. So now I'd love to hear your new feature. Indeed. Um, so just to sort of backtrack to that, and sure. also I guess back to the original thing, um, or at the start of the episode, um, I mentioned that recently I took um, Gabby to see The Outsiders okay, because she had never seen the movie before. So, and I think she has a crush on a young Ralph Macchio. Huh. You know, um, she'll be very disappointed. Yeah. I think she's, she's seen old pictures now. of him now. <laughs> like she's not watched Cobra Kai or whatever, but oh. she saw him in that. But so you're saying she'd be disappointed that he aged? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think Brim would be disappointed uh, if she she's still older had a crush than us, on him. isn't he? Well, that's what I was going to say. I think she was more disappointed in the fact that he's older than her father. Oh. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> that just automatically makes it, you know, gross. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so like she had gotten grounded the day before um but it's one of those things like i'd already got the tickets and what she'd been grounded for and everything you know we had sort of work through it and everything and it's like well i'm not gonna belabor the point or whatever and it's right. semi-educational or whatever it's like sure. all right we'll still go to see the movie or whatever um but you know just hear my spin on it i was like because we need to find out how a social like me could raise a greaser like you <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> okay, so um, we've got a new feature this right. week, and it's called um, 100%, 50%, or 0%. Ah, okay. Okay? So basically, the premise of this one is simple, okay? You and three other Golden Girl characters are in a canoe. You capsize, and you have to decide who to save. You'll have a 100% chance of saving one of them, a 50% chance of saving the second, and a 0% chance of saving the third. Okay. Okay? So I'm going to go ahead and Alan won our last game, so you can decide if you want the first category or the second, and then we'll just rotate. Okay, I'll go first. Uh, Okay, so the first category is American Heroes. Okay. Okay? So do you understand the rules and everything? Yeah, I believe so. Okay, Mm -hmm. Steve? I think so. Okay, all right. So your options. Okay, and basically, I'll tell you what your options are, and you'll tell me, it's like, oh, well, this this is the person I'd save. I'd try to save this person. This person I'm going to let die. Are all, right? all the, are all the then, categories Golden Girls, or is it? Yeah, it's all characters from like like this first one's American Heroes, and then um, your category, your first one's going to be celebrities. So you'll also be like celebrities that were on the Golden Girls. Gotcha. And, that do, and are there right and wrong answers? Yes, because okay. I have the answers here, and okay. so <laughs> basically you get one point for each one that mirrors what I have. That was okay. the correct answer. All right. All right. Now. You may be able to convince me that I'm wrong, and so I'll switch the points around or whatever. All right. But at the end of the game, somebody will have more points than the other, and it'll have the same prize as anything else that we do around it. So you're saying (laughs) if we are a master debater, even if our answers aren't great, Mm -hmm. we may be able to sway you. Mm. Yeah, but you just lost three points for that joke. (laughs) (laughs) You're starting off in the hole. I'll stand by it. (laughs) (laughs) You'll stand alone. (laughs) All right, so Alan's category is American Heroes. Okay. Okay. Um, your options are Don Lake, the nursing home administrator, uh, Tim Stack, the Secret Service agent, mm-hmm. or Earl Bowen, uh, assorted priests and doctors. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna let Earl Bowen die. That's okay. how he's my zero. Um, One point. Let's see. 
Tim's stack. I'm going to go ahead and... Boy, Dom Lake versus Tim's stack. I think I'm going to say 100% I'll save Tim's stack, and then the 50% chance will go to Dom Lake. Ah, no. I had Dom Lake in this top spot. Mm. Wow, um, I'm shocked. But I did put, you know, this is probably the toughest category for me. And if we played again next week, I'd probably switch around. Okay. You know? so, so. Here's the thing, though. Just just a little argument to that. Yeah. No one calls him TV's Don Lake. All right. So Tim Stack has <laughs> created his own special niche as a TV's Tim Stack. My logic for Don Lake is the fact that, um, you know, just all the stuff he's done with uh, Bonnie Hunt and, you know, just the Pixar movies and stuff like that. Okay. I was like, you know, he's still enriching. Well, TV's Tim Stack is sort of just a wooden note caricature type thing. I don't know. I feel like if uh, my name is Earl, I'd run two more seasons that you'd have to give it to Tim Stack. <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> All right. So your category is celebrities. Okay. You understand the concept of everything? I believe so, yeah. All right. So how would you save uh, Burt Reynolds, Bob Hope, and Debbie Reynolds? Oh, man. Um, I got to go 100% Bob Hope. Okay. Um, fifty percent Debbie Reynolds, and mm-hmm. then you know I guess let Burt die. Okay, <laughs> so I had um, Bob Hope in the hundred percent spot, and then Burt Reynolds in the fifty percent spot. Oh yeah, um, just I mean Burt was a jerk at times, but Debbie Reynolds was a bitch to Princess Leia. <laughs> so <laughs> so was I was a... I was going more or less because she was a woman. It would be ungallant uh-huh. to let her. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. All right. Well, Brent's more of a goof. This is you're more of a gallant. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And we're all gaffs. Yeah. <laughs> or gaffers. That's yeah. true. <laughs> exactly. All right, so Alan, your next category is children. All right. Okay. Uh, your options are... What um, kid do you want to die? Uh, you've got... Uh, I can't pick all three. <laughs> <laughs> you've got Kirsten, Rose's gold-digging daughter. Okay. Uh, Michael, Dorothy's jazz bow son. Or Rebecca, Blanche's formerly fat, then artificially inseminated daughter. Oh, I'm definitely saving Rebecca. She's got a kid, and she's already dealt with enough with Blanche being a horrible mom. Mm-hmm. Um, the 50% I'm going to go ahead and give to Michael, mm-hmm. um, because the other one's just so horrible, I have to let her die. Exactly. <laughs> so, I three think points. I was going to say, I think that's universal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, if we'd have gone with um, uh, Bridget, Rose's Oxford-bound daughter that slept with Michael, it would have been a much tougher decision. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, three points for Alan. Good job, Alan. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Steve's category, creatives. Mm, okay. <laughs> so, you've got the actor, Patrick Vaughn. Uh, you've got the sculptor, Laszlo. I was hoping Laszlo would be in there. Hairstylist, Eduardo. Ooh, Eduardo. He did all their uh, bowl cuts, right? Or yeah, something? they got the Sophia haircut. <laughs> yeah. I'm going, I'm going I, I don't know if uh, you'll agree with this, but I'm going uh, Eduardo number one at the 100 spot, mm-hmm. Laszlo second, mm-hmm. and then uh, who was the third one, the actor? Yeah. Was that the one where Blanche had the uh, inflated bosom? Mm-hmm. Yep. The moon was hanging awfully low, Busty. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let him die. I think okay. you got it completely wrong. Who, how would you go? Oh, I think the artist has to go first, I think. Laszlo? Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, Eduardo has to go second. Or the hairstylist is third, and the actor is second, in my opinion. See, I went with Laszlo first, Eduardo second, and then Patrick Vaughn third. Okay. I had, you know, Laszlo and Eduardo were separated by the fact that Laszlo was, be- was better at his job than Eduardo. Fair enough. And, I mean, Patrick Vaughn was, um, I mean, he dated all the Goldens. Yeah. He was just a skeevy actor. Oh, that's you know? true. So, that's why he got the... So, how many points? Did Ski get any points on that? Did he get one? Uh, you had Eduardo in the second spot, right? Uh, no, I had Eduardo first, I think. Yeah. I, I put him first because I actually liked all their haircuts yeah. because it was funny to me. Yeah. <laughs> and then you had Laszlo second? Yes. Okay, and Eduardo, or Patrick third? Yes. Okay, so you get one point for Patrick. All right. 
Alan, the category. Early birds. All right. Okay. We've got young cop, George Clooney. Okay. Young Elvis, <laughs> Quentin Tarantino. And young dreamer, Mario Lopez. Well, that's a tough one. I mean, I, I, I guess I'm going to have to let Mario Lopez die. I'm going to have to 100% save Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. And I'll give 50% to George Clooney. Same. Same. I was like, we need Tarantino movies more than Clooney movies. Yeah. yeah. So. He's wiping the floor with me. Mm-hmm. And we need Batman and Robin more than we need uh, <laughs> Saved by the Bell. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> All right, Ski, your category, employees. So we've got Marguerite, their Creole cleaner, uh, Nurse Lafarge, Sophia's caregiver, or Toshiro, the gardener. Oh, Toshiro, number one. Mm-hmm. And what are the other two? Uh, Nurse Lafarge. New when Sophia had Just a real reason. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And what was the third? Sorry. Toshiro. Oh, no. Sorry. I guess the first one. Marguerite. Uh, she was the Creole cleaner who was psychic or claimed to be psychic. I'm going to put her last. And so, yeah, Toshiro first. So, Toshiro first, first and then... Uh, Nurse Lafarge. Nurse, yeah. And then, and then Marguerite. Yes. Yep. That's exactly how I had it. Oh. I was like, Toshiro did no wrong while Marguerite was kind of a scam. <laughs> Good job, Ski. I think I still would have. Per- I'm glad Ski got that one because I would have only gotten one point because I would have had Nurse Lafarge uh, biting the big one. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Like she was good at her job. She was good at her Better job, but she, she was very bossy. Everyone else, person. yeah. yeah <laughs> so I remember was a worse person. <laughs> True. So your category is heartthrobs. Okay. Okay. Uh, Paul Dooley. I thought he already Steve had heartthrobs with that last one. Or Mickey Rooney. That's too tough. Um, <laughs> it's hard to say, but I gotta let Mickey Rooney die. Um, <laughs> And then it's only between Landisberg and and uh, Paul Dooley. Well, if you talk about a Sophie's choice, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I guess I'm going to go with uh, saving Landisberg mm-hmm. and uh, then 50% for Paul Dooley. Yep, that's exactly what I had. This is a tough one. Yeah, and um, you know, just so I, our... I am shocked that he didn't have Dooley as number one. Well, keep in mind, if... Landisberg is his double. Yeah. So, <laughs> and the category was heartthrobs. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> So, uh, and just, just so our listeners know, uh, your ranking of Landisberg, Dooley, and Rooney would probably correspond to how you'd rank your hosts in real life. If you're all about the Landisberg, you'd probably prioritize me. <laughs> if you're a Rooney gal, you'd prefer Ski. And if you're a Dooley man, you'd go with Alan. <laughs> Don't know if I feel at all uh, <laughs> praised or insulted by that. I'm not sure which. <laughs> Ski, your category is a learned men. Okay. Uh-oh. So you've got <laughs> Professor Cooper, Blanche's college professor, Dr. Halperin, stand psychiatrist who wrote a prescription for a monkey, or Dr. Clayton, Sophia's doctor who dated Blanche and made a pass at Dorothy. Oh, that's right. I remember that one. Um, uh, just because I've got to stick with my conscience, Cooper goes, and then he'll be last, and I will pick... Uh, um, the psychologist as the the hundred percent. Okay. Yep. I had um, Halpern in the first spot, and then Professor Cooper in the second spot, and then Clayton in the third, just because Clayton was definitely a, a douchebag. <laughs> yeah. But I can understand you picking, you know, Cooper over Halpern. So one. It's a long. It's a long standing grudge in his case. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wait. You had Halpern then Clayton and Cooper. Yes. Okay. Yeah. One point for you. Your category, Alan, mm-hmm. neighbors. Okay, you've got Harry Weston, Barbara Weston, or Dreyfus Weston. Okay, well that's it. Barbara is definitely the hundred um, percent. I guess I'm gonna have to go with Dreyfus as the fifty because I think Brent likes a good dog, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> and I guess Harry has to go. 
He can save himself. He's a strong swimmer. (laughs) (laughs) I had Harry in the top spot. Oh. And then Barbara and then Dreyfus. And I was almost embarrassed to admit that Barbara Dreyfus was closer than it probably should have been. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that you loved Barbara. Or my my You're th- no Barbara was the naggy one who was all uh, needy and everything. Damn. So yeah, I got confused. Yeah. So, no, my Oprah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean if we'd have had you know Christy McNichol, <laughs> she, yeah, well, the, the contest would've been over. <laughs> and then I guess uh, I just let Ski back into it with my uh, yeah my gaff. Yeah, your first uh, first goose egg. Um, all right, Ski, your category is siblings. Okay, you've got Virginia, Blanche's younger sister; Charmaine, Blanche's older sister. Or Dorothy's sister, Gloria. Hmm. Trying to wrap my memory for things I remember. You better leave Virginia alone. <laughs> <laughs> um. I think. Wouldn't Gloria kind of mean to him? I mean, they all had their issues. There were none. There was the perfect relationship between the siblings. Yeah, that's true. So it's Virginia, Gloria, and what's the third one? Sorry. Charmaine. Charmaine. Uh, Charmaine, yeah. Yeah, I think even, wasn't she writing a book or something? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put Virginia first, then Charmaine, then Gloria. Mm. See, I had Charmaine first because, you know, the world needs writers, mm. especially, you know, post-bellum pot boilers. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> Gloria got the nod over Virginia just because she was a nice buffer between Dorothy and Miss Boyne. Oh, okay. oh, so I get zero on that? Yeah. Oh, man. Gave you a chance to get back in it. Yeah. So Alan's category is Sicilians. Okay. okay. Your options are Angelo, Sophia's brother, Angela, Sophia's sister, or Phil, Sophia's son. Mm. Well, I got. I, mm, well, that's tough. I really liked Angela and her part, but I think Angelo is a pretty great member of the you know extended cast, especially Agreed. since we've gotten so much of them. Um, and we've never met Phil, so I'm going to probably have to just let Sleeping Phil's lie and leave him at a zero, <laughs> and uh, then give Angelo the number one spot. Well, Phil's Angela. already dead. Yeah, exactly. So you, why would you save him? That's yeah. true. Another goose egg. Oh, man. Um, I had Angela in the top spot, just the whole women and children first thing. Sure. And then, I mean, I love Angelo, but I had to prioritize Phil because he was a family man while Angelo was just a faux priest. Ah, Okay. <laughs> And he's not a fan of priests, foe or otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Ski, uh, your category, Sophia's suitors. We have Guido Spirelli, Sophia's first husband. Right. Max Weinstock, Sophia's third husband. Or Alvin, Sophia's potential husband. Oh, man. Sal's not on there, at least. He is not. Um, Try not to make it too, like... On the nose? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think... Was it Guido's? You said I thought it was just Guido Spirelli. Yeah, he was he's, first he's husband. He's gone. We don't worry about him. He's over in uh, the bar in Sicily. Okay. And then uh, say the other two again. Sorry, Max and Alvin. Max had the Kanishin Kibitz. Right. Max. Max is a hundred percent, and Alvin second. Okay. I had Max in the top spot, and then Guido, and then Alvin. Um, I would have liked to have seen more of Max. Plus, he was an honorable chap who took the fall for Sal. And then Guido gets the advantage over Alvin just because I'd have liked to have seen him visit Sophia in Miami once or twice. Fair enough. So one point for you. All right, Alan? So do we have two left? Yep. Okay. Kay. Your category is stiffs. Okay. Mm-hmm. You've got George, Blanche's husband, okay. Sal, Sophia's husband, or Charlie, Rose's husband. 
well, I'm going to save Sal, um, even though he, he can be a bit of a clown. Um, <laughs> just <reveal. laughs> <He will>. just <laughs> <laughs> So Sal's my 100%. And then I'm going to go with uh, everything we've heard about Charlie. Well, not everything. Most of what we heard about Charlie is a pretty good guy. So I'm mm-hmm. going to give Charlie the 50. Mm-hmm. And George, you know, we don't need another rich white man in the world, so I'll give him <laughs> the zero. <laughs> I would have let Charlie go, and I'll tell you You don't why. like him being in your lane. Exactly. <laughs> I think that'd be a very generous estimate of my financial position. <laughs> See, I had Charlie in the top spot, and then Sal, and then George. Um, you know, as much as I enjoy Miles, I do think Charlie might have been a better match for Rose. And Sal may or may not be a better husband than George, but he gets the nod because Blanche is definitely living her best life as a widow. <laughs> yeah, one point. Now I got one point. We both had a... Uh... I had Charlie, Sal, George. And you had George in the back spot. Yep, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Final category here, Ski. All right. Trendsetters. You've got Clayton, Blanche's gay brother, mm-hmm. Coco, the golden houseboy, ah. or Gene, Dorothy's lesbian friend. I'd go Coco for sure. And then... Gene. Hmm, and then uh, the other one. You're letting Clayton die? Uh, he doesn't want him in his lane. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's between two gay people, so right, yeah. I'm going. I'm gonna say the lesbian. I, I mean, are we are we assuming Coco was gay? Oh, that's true. I, I suppose mean, it's never speci- explicitly stated. Yeah, but in the one episode, um, <laughs> Coco gets it by default. Yeah, yeah. I we we tell him to stay golden every time. Yeah, yep. That's what I had. You know, you know, Coco in the top spot, and then Gene and then Clay. I was like, technically, Gene should have been at the top spot because of my previously mentioned women and children first thing, but <laughs> I gave the top spot to Coco just because the world needs enchiladas or enchiros. <laughs> so I got three for the first. Yeah. Was that wow. my first three or not the second three in it? You got, you got two of them, I think. All right, so All what's right. the final tally then? I think so you beat me pretty soundly still. I don't know. You made up some yeah. ground. I better stop so I don't get sued. <laughs> well, all you gotta do is throw in an extra note like that worked pretty well for uh, for Vanilla Ice <laughs> <laughs> and MC Hammer actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, final score: Ski had ten points, very nice, and then Alan. 11 points. Nice. Yeah, I told you it made up some ground, oh, yeah. so a very close game. Yeah. Oh, I liked your new game, Brent. Yes, that was fun. Be looking forward to, uh, I'm sure that feature will be highly demanded by our listeners. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, you know, um, this thing is either going to go really long or really short. So that's wanted something at the very end I could cut out yeah. if we went really long. <laughs> I like the categories. Yeah. They're yeah, very solid. Thank you. Uh, well, we do have uh, one last bit of business to get to. Um, well, I guess two in a way. Uh, MVPs. Oh, yeah. So, Brent, who got your MVP for this episode? I'm going to go with Susan Day, or as they call her on Francais, Susan Dujer. So you're just <laughs> giving that to her because you like your own joke? Yeah. <laughs> you I think that's such fair a mockery in this, of this process. Um, how about you, Ski? Who got your MVP? Sophia. Okay. I thought probably because of jokes and stuff, I liked it. Because yeah. she was hoarding money? <laughs> yes. I mean, I gave it to Sophia also. I thought she was the funniest of the mm-hmm. of the episode. Yeah, I'll go with go and give it to Sophia, um, just because the bit about the uh, like when she said bingo mm-hmm. about the preparation age being on sale. Mm, yeah, okay. very nice. And so give her the clean, clean sweep. wipe. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> clean wipe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then uh, ski. How many slices of cheesecake did this one get for you? Five point five. Mm. So 
so a little above average then? Yeah. A little more than a little. I don't think I got to say my favorite line. Can I add that too? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I like the uh, running joke they had where uh, uh, Sophia said something about uh, Dorothy trying to poison her so she'd get her, mm. her fat cash. Yeah, yeah. And so she's like joking like, here, have some tea, mother. Mm-hmm. And then she called it back later like, like Rose Goodrich. No, no. That was from my mother. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was solid. And then at the end, then she said, let me go get you some tea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to relax you or something like <laughs> yes. that. Yes. And then she walks slowly and kind of looks back over her shoulder. Yeah. yeah. That was very solid. Yeah. So how many slices for you, Brent? Uh, five. Five? Yeah. yeah. Well, I fell uh, in line with Ski. 5.5 for me mm. also. Okay. I thought it was a solid episode. I yeah. wouldn't put it in the upper echelon, but uh, <laughs> but I definitely enjoyed it. Funny jokes, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. Decent uh, plot. Yeah. yeah. Even yeah. if they did immediately recycle it. <laughs> right. <laughs> well... All right, well... Uh, I really wish I'd just stuck with Susan Day as my MVP. Well, I think that would have looked funny in the final tally. <laughs> when you go into I mean, it's just me that sees it. <laughs> You're not going to list them all? No, we're like, going to post out the entire thing. And then we'd say it out loud. Like we, so <laughs> we, we could have 37 though. votes for Rose, 12 for Dorothy, 1 for Susan Day. <laughs> we have so many ones because of you. <laughs> I'm a man of the people. You go with it. Out of a hundred or out of two hundred episodes or one hundred and eighty episodes, I mean, uh, we would end up with something like, I bet, a hundred votes, a <laughs> hundred different characters getting a vote because of you. Oh man! Now I would like to change my vote if I could, though. All right, Jim Orthel. Who? Oh, is that the gaffer? Yes. <laughs> do you, do you I re- regret that I didn't think of him earlier. <laughs> do you remember what the gaffer does? Yeah, it's um like laughter and gas and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> if you can remember what I told you the gaffer actually does, then I'll allow it. He uses gray electrical duct tape to oh, okay. <laughs> you know, hang lights and shit. Now, did you know he that? He loiters around the craft table. Did you really know that prior to me uh, <laughs> giving my wrong answer? Yeah. And then you didn't bother to correct me? Just let I, told me... I wasn't going to mansplain to you or to anybody. <laughs> I, do, I take significant exception to you not mansplaining something to me. <laughs> I guess I've been a gaffer. If you're, t- if you're telling me, then it's just explaining it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Either you're overestimating your own masculinity or underestimating mine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> not with these skinny arms. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good place <laughs> to go out on. So. All right, we'll stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at Sophia's Choice Podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at Sophia's Choice PC. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.